With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Christian Conspiracy Theory. Tonight we're going to be breaching a topic that is quite popular, but we're going to come at this from a completely different vantage point. Welcome to the broadcast. We are your hosts, Matthew and Aaron Miller. And we're going to be talking about um, the cloven, the wives of the fallen, and the genetics of the false prophet. We're going to be getting into the possibilities as to how that the false prophet, also known as the Assyrian, is going to come into being and be born, how he could possibly... Uh, obtain a genetic code that is not altogether human. So, with that in mind, Aaron, uh, why don't you describe your original thoughts on the matter and what got you thinking down this path? Uh, why you even took a look at the particular uh, mechanical operation of the genetics? Well, it all began, actually, with the study of female demons, because I always struggled with that, because um, if you actually look there at the genetic possibilities of, you know, angels and humans and Nephilim, that I, it didn't seem very possible for a female to be born, and... Uh, I started with this. First of all, um, angels must be homozygous. And that means that they have two of one type of sex gene. Uh, humans have the sex genes XX for females and XY for males. Uh, females are homozygous because they have two Xs. But a male is called heterozygous because they have X and Y. Two different ones. And, uh... Well... well go ahead. Let's, uh, let's take a shot at this. So, what is your thoughts on to what Adam actually was? Do you think he was XX, YY, GG? What, what do you think that he actually was? Well, I, I, I just started talking about that with the... Um, because... I found that interesting to think about, that perhaps what that rib that was taken out of Adam's side had to do with genetic codes. Well, I looked into the XY, and of course scientists will tell you that the Y is incomplete. It's an incomplete X. And that's why they'll say that if you are YY, you, that might be impossible for you to live, because... Uh, it's so fragmented. And, um, well, I don't know if fragmented is the word, just incomplete. And we know that a part of Adam's side was taken out. And I, once I thought about it, if um, that little rib that was taken from his side, as we know from 
the Bible, it actually means a curve or a piece of a side. Uh, not necessarily a rib, just a curved thing or something attached to a side. It also is referred to like a rafter in a house, kind of like a part of the building structure. You know, in in uh, in building, when you build a house, uh, what is a rafter? Well, that's one of the main support mechanisms for the roof, of course, all depending on your, your type of structure. But you're talking about uh, the main load-bearing apparatus uh, that is uh, in the floors or in the roof. Uh, it can be, like I said, all dependent on your structures, but without it, you're not enclosed. Well, it's okay. basically like a long board, a bunch of long boards, a series of them just laying across the floor, and the floor sets up on top of it. Am I correct? That's that's correct, yes. Or, in this case, a roof would set on top of it, but either or. It must be load-bearing to the point that you can walk on it. So, yes, either or. And without this, uh, like I said, you're not enclosed. So, um, if you don't put the roof the covering on a structure, uh, it's actually a tabernacle is what it is. It's, it, it's actually a structure without a roof. So, boy, that opens up all kinds of possibilities, uh, what you're talking about. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that you say that, that, well, in a matter of speaking, Adam was broken. But in the beginning... Uh, Adam was complete in his creation. So that gets my thoughts turning down a very peculiar path. So, go in any direction you want to from here. Well, I'm going to start out with reading uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 to 24. And this is how it describes that Eve was taken out of Adam. And it says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Well, uh, this, as, as you can see here, a piece of Adam's quote-unquote side was taken out, and Eve was formed from it. So, if you think of this genetically, say that Adam was originally XX, but that piece was taken off of one of the legs, you would say, from off, off of that X, and became a Y. And that from that little piece, a uh, completely new uh, XX was formed. Uh, let's think of it like this. I thought of it like this. There are, uh, you know that starfish, if you cut a starfish in half, then the other side will become a completely new starfish. Another side will grow onto it, and the original starfish will replace that other half. So they'll become completely two new starfish. Well, say that the first starfish from which the side was taken didn't grow that other part, but the flesh thereof was sealed, and it stayed that way. But the other side became a full new starfish. Say perhaps this is why Eve is XX, but Adam is still XY. And this also facilitates this process in verse 24. This is where we get the term for the title of this program. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Yes, so they only become one again through, you know, martial relations. They can't that's why man and woman can't live without each other. We need each other to become one flesh because man is still incomplete and woman 
depends upon him, her root. That's where she came from. So they have to depend on each other to both multiply and become one creature. We can't do it without the other. And this is why they cleave. And I, and I call this the cleaving in my paper. I wrote a paper on this so you guys could un read it and understand. Uh, but when this division occurred, where this one piece of Adam was taken and a completely new XX happened, then that all makes sense. Why there's XY, XX, and all of that. So, first you might ask, if Adam was XX originally, was he female? No, not necessarily, because uh, what if I ca counter you and say that what if XX only became uh, a gender or sex determination because of this division? Well, Aaron, theoretically, that that would have to be the case because... Well, Adam was formed independently. He was created. And the Bible plainly says that woman was formed. There's a whopping big difference there. Yes, now, because, because man was formed from non-living matter, like clay. But she was taken from something that was already living, that part of, that piece of him. Well, going forward, we, we need to bring up Daniel, the second chapter, and everything that this has to do with. I'm going to read, of course, from the KJV so we get the right wordage here. And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, a kingdom shall be divided. There shall be in it the strength of iron, forasmuch thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron, and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, this says, this speaks right here of chromosomal cohesion. This is speaking uh, particularly uh, of that process where, well, a sperm fertilizes an egg. God plainly comes out here and says he's not going to permit that thing to happen. Now, until modern times, the bus would stop right there. We would be dead in any way, shape, or form to bring up a mechanation that could uh, go around this. But boy, have we really come a long way. And I hope everybody realizes that the in vitro capital of the world is the country of Israel. Now, with that in mind... Uh, and when you bring up the Hebrew and realize that the word there used to cleave, uh, that's H1693, uh, it means to stick, to bond to. So, until modern times, there was no way to go about this genetically, but everybody has forgotten a couple of things about what it means to cleave. Now, in a recent Facebook post about this very show, uh, I had a very educated sister step in and, and counter me, and, and she said that her feelings was that uh, it was a marital process and the act of fertilization. I, of course, strongly disagreed with that. So a barren woman does not cleave to her husband when they have marital relations? Of course she does. Of course she does. In as much as we can even talk about uh, any of the nasty venereal diseases, um, you get the venereal disease. It cleaves to you 
when you have intercourse with an, in, with an infected partner. So, with that thought in mind, God makes it perfectly clear, Aaron. He makes it perfectly clear with first the flood and then uh, the valley um, of Sodom and Gomorrah. God does not play. If an angel falls, dawns strange flesh, has intercourse with a woman, judgment is coming. Now, can you, have you fabricated a way to get around this? Because outside of that, how could the rest of Daniel's prophecies in particular? Because we can switch over to the Greek, and it makes no mistakes. It literally talks about the sediros spermatatos, the iron sperm of the fallen angels. Because they're not made from clay, they're made of iron. So, knowing that, what's your thoughts? How are you going to come up with this forces from him that's going to arise, this this false prophet, that somehow, some way, the host of heaven recognizes his authority, and the book of Daniel states quite plainly that he has the power to cast them down and trample on them. Now, prophetically, that means they must recognize him to have authority even as they do. So, you've got to come up with a way to avoid the sexual intercourse, impregnation between an angel and a woman. So, how have you done that? Lay that out for me. What's your thoughts on it? And just uh, go for it. Get into it. Well, <clears throat> first, I think it's uh, it's important that we um, bring down that how this is supposed to work. If an angel tries to cleave with a human being, we know that's imp that, that should not work. Because angel, a piece of an angel's genetics was not taken out to form a female for him. Okay, and uh, okay stop. Stop. I understood what you just said. You're saying that... Now, the verbiage you used to begin with was that Adam was broken, a broken, uh, God took his genetics and broke off a piece and then formed it over. You're saying that the host of heaven have never been broken. They're in their original form, correct? Yes. Okay, all right, I understand. Uh, please continue. Well, um, my grounds for this is, well, everybody talk, uh, most people, when you talk about an angel, they probably think of, uh, a little girl with a harp. But uh, a closer study of the Bible, uh, angels are primarily masculine. And that's in our sense. But I always thought about this. If they're spiritual beings and they have no organs, they should not have any gender. But as we just talked about, they do have an iron base. And the scriptures also talks about that they were formed from fire, as uh, Psalms 104 says. But once they take on this flesh, they basically become like Adam. Adam was technically masculine, but if he was XX, I would say he was neuter, because a piece of him was not taken out. This being said, an angel in our sense, should not be able to... If there was never a mate created for him, nor was there a piece taken out of him to form a female for him, like Adam and Eve, then there should not be a cleaving process. So, when we just, we just pointed out that their seed would be iron, unlike us. Humans have clay base. They are iron. So... I came up with that if there was no nothing taken from them, then they would they would be homozygous. 
That is to say, they only, they only have two of one type of sex gene, and I made that SS. So, yeah, you you had to use something because, um, well, it, explain to this exactly what science uses. So you're saying that they already use the V, they must already use a W. What is already standardly standardly used? Um, and you can elaborate uh, on that, that, uh, you know, in the background, we were trying to decide what would be the best uh, nomenclature to give this. Um, so tell everybody, what is the normal uh, nomenclature for these sets of genes? Well, uh, we all, most, most of us should know about the X, XY, X, 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 Y uh, determination system, but there also is ZW, which is found in reptiles and birds, and there's even a V and U found in uh, in like yeast and things like that. So those were already used. So uh, we decided to go with SS because a constant relation between this study and the letter S, such as sons of God, uh, the seed. And, as we'll soon come to, the sirens. Right, which, most importantly, this is, you know, like I already mentioned in the Greek, um, God's holy word plainly uses in the Greek, sideros and spermata, the iron seed. So, I think that's a very good way to put it. Now, yes. this also reminds us, um, you know, you, you talking about this, I mean, we... we we have to say this, that this is a fact of the matter, um, that they have the ability, like it or not, I mean, we just have to take this to the bank. In Jude 1-7, it tells you they went after strange flesh. You have no way uh, to get around it. That's, that's exactly what it, it, it calls it. Is strange flesh, so we know they have the ability to. Well, there's no no debating that. Um, we know that uh, Jacob wrestled with an angel. Um, the angels came down uh, as well as the Lord our God, Aaron, and uh, talked to uh, Adam. They of course uh, took uh, Abraham. That is, or yes, I'm sorry, Abraham, and took refuge under the shade of the tree, and. Um, uh, got cool, and uh, of course there's been instances where they've been made meals. So this also harpens uh, back to the simple fact that even the Lord spoke about such things when he was here. Uh, he made it perfectly clear that um, in the end, um, that the angels are not given and, you know, take in marriage. Uh, that's plainly stated in the New Testament. Um, Matthew 22, verse 30. Exactly. Um, let's go here. Let me jump over there in the KJV. We'll read it here. Uh, this is the Lord speaking. Uh, For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. This proves what you just said. They were never broken. Their S's did not have a piece taken off of them to create the feminine messenger for God. So he just yes. came right out and said it. There's your proof text. So with that in mind, um, this is starting to make sense. Yes. Um, and uh, to what, add on to what you just said, Enoch, on a more apocryphal level, in chapter 15, verses 6 to 7, it says this, But you are once spirits who lived eternally and would not die through all the generations of the world. But because of this, I did not make for you females. For as for the spirits of heaven, in heaven is their dwelling. So, they were not given females. And, nope. but they would have been like Adam. This is why they would be considered masculine, because they were not divided, and the origin is, the root 
is the male. So if they were to take on a mortal form, they would probably be masculine. And this is, prob- this is why they're called sons of God. This is why in Genesis, uh, it constantly refers to them as men. Ish. Ish. That means that they are male in nature. So, that being said, if they were not broken, they would be homozygous and would what we call SS. Okay? So, if they were to combine with a human being, we, I put together a Punit square, or Punit square, sorry, and uh, that basically shows the possibilities of a child. And generally, this is four possibilities. All right. Um, now, before we go there, you've got to overcome this obstacle of God getting involved. So, how are you going to come up with your female? Yes. Well, so, let me explain this. Let's, let's start with what would happen if they combined. They would, if you were taking an SS and an XX, their child would only, the only possibility they, they have is XS. That's a Nephilite. And if it's heterozygous and it's human and it's part human, part angel, we would assume that it would be male. Because males are XY heterozygous, and if they become if and if they were uh, heterozygous in our terms, um, then we would assume that they're XS. And also, since there's only a possibility of an XS, we can assume that they were also male because of giants mentioned in the Bible, such as Goliath and Og, right? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So. Uh, this being said, I tried to consider what would happen if a female were to cleave with an angel. That shouldn't work, like I said before. Because how can they become one flesh with a being that they were never taken from? And second of all, if the angel was never divided, then how can he merge with this human? So I theorized, what if the genetic code of the female is changed after becoming cleaved, quote-unquote, to this angel. What would happen? Well, like I said, if, if the woman was impregnated, I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's called the wrath of God. So, you would have to come up with a way that, well, I mean... Either the angel could go ahead and have intercourse with the woman, and I would imagine that's a 100% impregnation rate. I mean, I'm sure they're they're not fertile like we're fertile. I'm sure they're 100% fertile all the time. So how would you overcome that? Because the instant she got pregnant, <laughs> thus saith the Lord, judgment will enter in. So, so... What's your what's your mechanism for that? I mean, you're going to have to come up with a way that the woman's not going to get pregnant, yet she's going to uh, be cloven to this angelic entity. So, so how how are you going to overcome that without judgment stepping into the picture, Aaron? Well, I think it's it's very important that we just lay the grounds for this. So that everybody understands before we get into that. So, um, as to what happens to this person's genetic code after um, being cleaved to this angel, um, I tried to find out what would happen. Like I said, my study began with female demons. And we know, uh, most people know of Lilith, which people say was the original uh, female created for Adam before Eve was taken from him. And uh, she abandoned him and united with the fallen angel, which they called Samael. And it also named, Jewish myth also goes uh, off to several other female demons called, uh, like, Nama and Iasheth, 
uh, Zenunin, which both, both are human mortals mentioned in the Bible. Nama was a descendant of Cain, and uh, Yesha Zanzunin, I'm sorry, I'm getting, it's tongue twister, um, but she was the wife of Hosea, called the woman of whoredoms. So what we can see in what they all have in common is that they were once mortal females that were associated with sin. And that being said, the Jews knew that something was happening to them. Something demonized them after becoming one with an angel, a fallen angel. Ah, um, you mean... So you're talking about that these women are displayed in the Bible, but now this isn't, thus saith the Lord, yes. extra, extra biblical text, and I assume that you mean ancient extra biblical text, mm -hmm. say that these women started out as human, but then they were cloven to an angel. Yes, like this, I Nama, I just, okay. this Nama I just mentioned, um, she was said to have been the one who seduced Azazel. And uh, so she would have cloven to the fallen angel Azazel, the one who brought about the fall mentioned in Genesis chapter 6, 1 to 4. Um, so something, the, even the ancient Jews believed that something would happen to these females after they cleaved to these angels. So, uh, as I was translating the book of Enoch, I found a very peculiar, a very peculiar verse in chapter 19, verse 2. It says, Their wives who transgressed with the angels shall be turned into sirens. And that word, uh, we, uh, sirens, are known by Greek mythology. And they were said to have a song that seduced men to, to come to their island where they would die. So, people believed that, um, well, the original word is serenus. And that comes from the Greek word sera, which means a chain. And people believed that some people assumed that this means that they would chain by their seductive powers. But, what's very interesting that we should find in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, is it talks about these chains given to the angels. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to Tartarus, and delivered them into chains, Sierra, of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment. So, there was a chain. And what if it has to do with this cleaving, this binding via a chain? And, um... Can I, can I interject here, Aaron? Yes. I hope you realize the ramifications of this, because I've always found this rather quite curious that you bring up that chain, and I just mentioned that on the broadcast last night, I believe. Are you aware that this instance of that word, G4577, do you realize that chain there is in the feminine case? Hmm, I did not know that. Okay, well, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm not trying to take you off track, but... No, this is... This is... This is very important stuff. Okay, well, please continue. I just, uh, maybe you can make a footnote of that in your notes or something. Um, we can always revise your paper uh, yes. that we have published as of right now. So, um, yeah, sorry for the interruption. It just jumped out at me. I'm looking and I'm reading it here in the Greek. I don't, I don't need the English. And all of a sudden I said, now, wait a minute. That's got a final, that's got a final sigma on it. Yes, that, that is the feminine case. So, for future, Aaron, um, you, you might want to take a look at that, because that may have some bearing on this. Please continue. Okay. So, I assume... So, I was just exploring possibilities, and 
I just came up with this random idea. What if a female, after combining, cleaving with an angel, she gained part of his genetic code, as well as passing it on to her child? What if she gained an S to her sex genes? She would become XXS. And I was just speculating about this. So, that happening, that given that out there... I became, I came across some very interesting results, and uh, if their genetic code was changed, could they maintain the blood of the Nephilim over time? That was what I was coming towards, and that, but I came to a different conclusion altogether, something that threw me completely off the topic and directed me straight to the false prophet. And so, as I was speculating, I was saying, what if an XXS were to mate with a Nephilite XS? And I made uh, a Punnett square. And, well, it wouldn't be a square because there would be uh, three uh, rows and uh, they would have three extra uh, one extra row to it, so it wouldn't be a square anymore. Um, so I explored the possibilities. There are six possibilities. Two of them are for an XX female. Two of them are for an XX Nephilite. Well, no, three of them are an XS Nephilite. But one stuck out to me, and it blew blew my mind. What was it? It was an SS, and it matches the sex genes of the grandfather. Oh, my goodness. An angel, an SS, and it matches it. But, would you ask, would it be an angel if it, if it has SS like an angel? Well, no. You got to remember that um, the sex genes are only two, one pair out of the 46 pairs of chromosomes you have. You gain half, 23, from your mother, and another half, 23, from your father. So he would, he would still be half Nephilite, half human, yet his sex genes would match the angel grandfather. And so, let me get this right. His entire superstructure would be that of a man... But a single rafter would be the rafter of an angel. He, I, I, when we were studying the false prophet, we knew something was there about him. There's something special about him. Okay. And it must be above a human, a human's uh, power, because humans are. The scriptures are pretty clear. Humans are lower than the angels. And so he couldn't be a man. And then, so we speculated, would he be a Nephilite? Would he be one of the Nephilim? Well, no, that couldn't be because he's only half angel. So that would be lower, right? But if he has this match to an angel, what power would that give? You mean this magical sixth pair? Oh my goodness. Um, and of course, the angels would have that perception. Well, it says he even magnifies himself to the prince of the host, and he sets himself above the stars of heaven. And he will cast down, he will cause this, these angels to fall, and literally it says... He will be given authority over them, these fallen angels, because of their transgression. So, he can literally manipulate them to his, to his power. And this started inching me a little towards his identity. If he is an SS, and he has this supernatural power over the angels... I started looking back at this SS. 
and his title is us, most people know him as the Antichrist. Let us not get this confused with the beast from the sea, which most people do. No, because the beast from the sea tries to mimic the father, right? That's correct. And his prophet, therefore, would mimic the son, would attempt to mimic, I mean. And so, this title in Antichrist, that is to say, um, the alpha, or anti, means not, or ba basically just a negative. He is a, in a polar of Christ. So I looked into Christ's uh, genetic code. We know that Jesus was born by a virgin. Right. That means he would never gain an a Y from a father. So he would be XX like his mother. And this would be this is only a theory because the Holy Spirit might have been able to transform one of the X's into a Y. But considering that he could be an XX like Adam Remember, he was called the second, he's called the last Adam. Christ is called the last Adam by Paul in uh, Romans. He is called the last Adam. And if you consider this both meta, uh, metaphorically and literally, and Christ were to be an XX originally, like Adam. Well, let's, let's, let's just go to the Bible, okay? It's just best to do that. Let's just read this, what you're talking about. I know right where it's at. It's chapter 5. Let's read from verse 14, the King James Bible. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Okay who is the figure of him that was to come. Now, what you just said was that Christ, because he was born of a virgin, that actually made him all the way back to the beginning unbroken, just like Adam was before he had the rib removed. Is that what you're implying here? Yes. So, he would be homozygous, an XX. But this false Christ is also homozygous, an SS. And we should consider that he is also polar to Christ because he would be a, a son of harlotry. But Christ was the son of a virgin. As I just mentioned, his mother would have have to originally gain an S from an angel, and then having uh, relations with a Nephilite afterwards, she could gain an SS child. Okay, all right. Let's let's go back to the Bible, okay? Because <laughs> you're saying some things that are absolutely off the charts. Um, who? Um, let's just go to. The other instance of this, it gets really involved into what you're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural and afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. You're making these verses explode with a new 
understanding. Now look, everybody knows that I can look at this in Hebrew, I can look at this in Greek, I can tear it apart. I can look at this alphanumerically in both languages and give you information that will blow your mind. But you've just made me look at these verses with even a different data set of information. God just explained, when you tear this apart in the Greek, Aaron, he's explaining what you just said. The first Adam, before he was broken to make Eve, which facilitates the whole reason why we and our wives, I mean, if you're a woman, and your husband or spouses, we and our spouses cleave. We cleave. And this is stating that Christ was like Adam. He was unbroken. So, I'm taken aback. Now I'm going to have to tear apart Romans chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 again. I mean, I've probably done it a hundred times already for each of these chapters. Now I realize I'm going to have to do this yet again because uh, he also offhandedly talks about the authority you're referring to in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now listen, verse 12. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in transgression. Now, it goes on to talk about the this verse that, you know, brings up a lot of contention, but notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. Aaron, in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. So you've just opened up a whole other data set for me to tear into. So with that in mind, please continue. Well, as I just pointed out, this is the perfect false Christ, a child of whoredom, harlotry, rather than a child of a virgin. And... Um, polar opposite from him who was both completely man XX and also completely God this is why it's called the son of God and the son of man so God was completely man completely God but this this being this false Christ would be half but would mimic the angelic grandfather and would be a child of whoredom and um, that's just, uh, that could be described, that could be why he makes himself, why he tries to elevate himself above the stars and make, tries to make his throne next to the Most High. He says that he's, he will make his uh, throne in the north and be like the Most High. That's what he thought he will think he will do. And... With that pointed out, how is this possible? Yes, if we they shouldn't be if they shouldn't be able to cleave anymore without martial relations, as Daniel mentioned. Well, the like I iron, said, yes. Like I said, you're going to have to come up with a machination because I would imagine an angel would be 100% fertile, and once that once you cross that threshold, God is coming. He's not going to allow it. He's proved that multiple times. So what's your mechanism for that? How can you get this 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 harlot that you refer to, how can you do this and her not get pregnant? You've got to come up with a mechanism, a, a, a mechanism for that. What's the mechanism for it? Well, you pointed me in the direction of barrenness. Barrenness. You... So you're talking about Hannah and Elizabeth. Yes. You're more importantly referring to Mary. Correct? Correct. Because all were virgins, correct? Mm-hmm. And now, they were not allowed to give birth, the first two, until divine intervention. So you're saying taking a barren woman... 
and artificially or <laughs> let me put that unnaturally I guess an angel could really have Aaron an angel could have sex with her without fear of judgment because she's barren and if she's barren you're saying that she will still cleave to this angel and have her genetics restructured because that's off the charts buddy you just solved the riddle of how you could do it. So, oh my goodness. So now you have a... Okay, let's let's talk about this. Is there any instances where... Um, well, you already referred to these women that was already in the Bible, that somehow they were changed. What changes happened to them to make them this, this, this demoness or whatever? Elaborate on that. Well, um, first of all... They were known, they were believed to become mothers of demons. They were, um, they could, uh, they became the literal wives of these angels and they would bear demons through them. But they were also known um, to also basically rape men in their sleep, known as succubi. Um, they were mostly known in Europe as succubi because they would um, do this with, men in their sleep. That's what they believed. And they could also bear children via them, they believed, called cambians. That's a little going-off topic there, but um, they were also given monstrous descriptions, uh, like having uh, cock's feet, uh, like a chicken's feet, and um, wings, and uh, they were believed to drink uh, human blood and um, so they were shown to something happened to them, and they also believed that they would become uh, immortal. But we're not sure of that. But um, what we're pointing out is that uh, something would happen to them. This is what you could call demonization. They were turned from a human to being demonized. Anyway, to elaborate on the topic of, uh, I call this this um, false prophet a child of hoard, a uh, child of harlotry, and what I mean by that is that remember, let's go back to what I'm saying. The angel could only be his grandfather. He would get his mother would gain an S from this grandfather, and she would have to mate with another. Um, another Nephilite, who was XS, then she could bear uh, an SS child. And, well, you directed me toward Atagope. Oh my goodness, you're talking about the Queen of Babylon. Um, yes, Aaron, you have to understand that Atagope, uh, or Atagope, I'm sorry, she was having children with her children. Okay, stop the bus right now. But let's just... Wow. You just went completely <laughs> off the charts. So, I'm sitting here looking at the causes for female infertility. They, they include uh, ovulation disorders, uh, which means that it doesn't... You know, the egg doesn't come down right. Uh, there's anomalies uh, that the egg can't come down due to the, uh, the fallopian tube damage or blockage. Um, tissue grows on the outside of the uterus. Uh, insufficiency. Uh, pelvic adhesions, which bond scar tissue. And you're saying that because she's barren, she will cleave. It's obvious from historical resources that when this happens... She's changed phys physically. You're saying that the angelic seed could repair her infertility. And then you've got a start point. You have a way to... So you know that at least one in six combination is going to come up with this SS. So you take this cloven baroness 
she gets inseminated and she gets pregnant. She has a boy. This boy? Oh my goodness, Aaron. Um, you're talking about Atagope. Um, incest. Let's just go with oh incest. Oh my goodness, Aaron. Um, look, you are talking about. Um, oh my goodness, this is this is uh, this is off the charts. Um, you are referring to things that are an abomination. Mm-hmm. Aren't you? And the Bible does speak about um, abominations going on between uh, incests. I'm not sure what it's at, but I'm wanting to think Micah. Um, uh, well, it, it, it's it's spoken of many times. Uh, let's not let's not just talk about Micah. Um, you have to first go to the law before the prophets. I would have, you know, I, I would imagine. I mean, you're. Uh, Exodus chapter 8, of course, it's all over. That's the whole purpose of Leviticus chapter 18. Um, we can go through this. Uh, but, Aaron, incest is all over this. That's an abomination. Um, uh, even specifically, all the abominable practices that involves... Um, the worship of images, and the Bible tells us flat out that the images were demonic entities they were worshiping. And it was called playing the harlot with other gods many times. In the oh world. my goodness, and and I didn't even think of that. You just brought that up because you had me on incest. Incest, you can't get around it. That is an abomination. And you're saying that you're saying this cloven barrenness would be repaired by the angelic iron seed. This ceteros spermata. Making her fertile. They fertilize her probably artificially because, you know, they guaranteed one a boy, right? They do this. The baby's born. If she has incest with her own son that is a Nephilite, you can make an SS. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, and, um, there's all these, um, these incests that are described in Leviticus chapter 18. And it says that the people of Canaan were practicing this. This is why God came out directly to these, um, to these Israelites and was telling them uh, not to commit these incests. And he says, he says that the people of Canaan were doing this. And this is why, one of the reasons why he was having the Israelites come and wipe them out. They were doing this um, already. And that might be why the second rebellion happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Places like Sodom and Gomorrah um, where the um, where they were trying to breed with the angels forcibly. All these incests were possibly an attempt to bring forth this uh, false Christ. But um, I guess this proved fruitless, as God had them wiped out. But I did mention, Micah does say there's incest about to occur in the last days, and... It's in chapter 7, uh, verse 6. It says, For son treats father contemptuously. Daughter rises up against her mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. And we are, to we are told that the um, mystical Babylon in Revelation chapter 18, they calls her the harlot. And chapter 17, am I correct? Yes. Um, uh, but not the extrapolations that we think incest. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, boy, I'm just... Uh, there's just stuff just rushing through my mind. Um, this, this whole... This... Oh my goodness! I, I mean, you you are talking about Isaiah chapter forty-seven, 
in its historical prophetic proof of Atagope. Well, describe to us what Atagope was. Uh, Brian has published a paper on this. Everybody can find that on uh, intimetribunemedia.com. Um, she, Aaron, uh, she throned a couple of dynasties uh, in Babylon. Of course, the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Um, so she switched back and forth from the Assyrians to the... Ba look, this is off the charts. Everybody needs to take a look at that text. But this is... Aaron, know in your heart that Isaiah chapter 47 is about Atagope. Yes, and Brian pointed us... Um, we had a talk with Brian about this, and she, he pointed us directly that the only way for all this to use dioceses to be set up was through incest. Well, Aaron, I'm kind of speechless because I'm, I, I just have these scriptures running through my head. Um, I mean, I have to go back through Romans 5. So you mean a possible sequel to this episode? I need to weigh carefully what I say. But you have just proven and existentially, Aaron, you've just proven existentially there is a way for an angel to do this and get away with it if he uses a Hannah or an Elizabeth. And he would literally come out, you would have a direct link as to why he would be referred to and in opposition to John the Baptist. That was Christ's forerunner. You would literally have a human forerunner that would facilitate the purpose of John the Baptist and his mother, who was a baroness, and yet at the same time fulfill one that would be an anti-Messiah for the beast from the abyss. You just put it together. Ladies and gentlemen, I strongly suggest you go take a look at Aaron's research. Uh, well, before we end here, um, I wanna I wanna point out how hard it was. Uh, I was very careful in what I was saying about Christ, um, and comparing, and in this relation with the false Christ. So I added this to the end of my paper, and I feel like I should read it out to you. Uh, he cannot compare himself to Christ, God, to be compared with no one. For all things come into being through him, and without him, nothing would have come into being. However, he will attempt to exalt himself above the stars, the angel of heaven, and to be like the Most High, and will call himself a Christ. He will cast down angels and make them serve him. But he was doomed from the beginning. And by the one true Christ, with the two-edged sword in his mouth, he and his multitude will be crushed. When, he, when they meet him... There shall be no war, but a slaughter. And he will feed their flesh to the, the fowls of heaven and cast this false Christ and his God into the lake of fire where they will burn for eternity. Glory to the Lord God Almighty. Amen and amen. Well, Aaron, I am provoked to add this to it. May I? Go ahead. You don't understand that now you have a reason as to why he would try to make, well, let me just read it. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which was given him to perform. In the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast, who had a wound of the sword and has come to life, and it was given to him, this is speaking of the false prophet, to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause many as not to worship the image of the beast to be killed. This is a prophetic way of saying he's going to do exactly the inversion of what's spoken about in Romans chapter 5, uh, uh, Second Timothy Don't you realize that the reason why he's saying this, the reason why he's doing this, is so he can become the first Adam like Christ was the second Adam. Do you understand what I just said? He's going to try to invert that. Um, 
I don't know about an episode two. I, I'm I obviously wasn't prepared to do this. You've kind of well, the word of God has overwhelmed me with another data set I had no idea to even look at. So, your closing comments, please, Aaron. Well, I did not expect to find this. As I just described, I was originally looking into female demons and the possibility of them. And instead, uh, I came upon something I did not even expect to happen. And I want to remind you all that it was just a theory that I was just speculating that the fe- that uh, Cloven would gain an S from her uh, her angelic uh, should we even say husband? But I was just speculating in that. But I did find something. This went down a road where things started to make sense. So I want you all to continue... Uh, reading the Bible with open eyes, because um, we, uh, both of us have been reading the Bible all our life. And of course, um, my dad here, uh, many, many years before than me, (laughs) um, and still we're learning, still we're finding new things. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you'd like to find this blog post, uh, go to theintimetribune.com blogspot.com you'll find it uh, we may of course post it also on End Time Tribune Media but Aaron does not have the uh, uh, administrator authorization for that yet me and Brian was just talking about that last night but until next li- time ladies and gentlemen um, well like Aaron said continue studying and uh, if you have any show request, uh, please uh, let us know. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron and Matthew signing off. God bless. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 